0: Welcome to Whispering Loudly. The award-winning Workshop Whisperer Podcast, as featured by Apple, with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to Diamond sponsor Ventivid, Platinum sponsor Podium, and Titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk.
1: Whispering Loudly is the Workshop Whisperer Podcast. Hi, I'm producer Mel, and I'm here with Rachel Evans today, and Todd Hazelwood. He is just one of 24 elite drivers competing in the pinnacle of Australian motorsport for the Repco. Supercars Championship with Albury-based team Brad Jones Racing racing in his 14th Holden ZB supercar. Todd and his team compete throughout all states of the country and put on a show for hundreds of thousands, racing at speeds over 290 k's an hour. Wow, that'd be a few fines if you're on a normal road, wouldn't it? <laughs> his journey started at 7 years old, racing carts and always had a dream of becoming a professional race car driver. Fast forward to 2017, Hazelwood's dream quickly became a reality after winning the dunlop super 2 series he was then announced to race full-time in the 2018 supercars championship since that moment todd quickly became known as one of the youngest and most exciting talents in the championship thank you so much for being on the pod
2: thanks for having me on the podcast I um, awesome. yeah, really appreciate the opportunity to have a chat so i uh, look forward <laughs> to seeing what we can talk about
3: todd thank you so much welcome welcome after After that amazing introduction, my gosh, you've already achieved so much. What else is it that you'd like our whispering loudly listeners to know about you?
2: Oh, look! I think the introduction was pretty amazing, so uh, thank you for that. <laughs> Lots of kind words in there, but from my point of view, motorsports always been a passion ever since I was a kid, and obviously from the days of racing go karts. You know what I'm doing now was just a long distance dream. So to you know, essentially now every day is an absolute godsend, and couldn't be happier being part of the program, the Supercars Championship. It's very unique and also a very intense sort of championship to be a part of. Only 20 spots available around the world to be part of this championship it's really tough the time's really close and it certainly rewards the hard work you put into it so uh, I couldn't be happier.
3: So at seven years old you started your professional racing career where does this determination and passion for motorsport come from you know starting at such a young age?
2: I suppose brought into a a motorsport orientated family Uh, my dad used to race desert racing on motorbikes and broke a lot of bones on two wheels to realize that four wheels are always going to be a lot safer but To be honest, ever since I was a kid, you know, I remember going to the track when I was young and that was all I ever wanted to do. I was playing cricket and AFL at the time and it didn't really get me excited like motorsport did. So uh, when the age was right, when I was finally old enough to go racing, uh, I still remember the day finally dad bringing home the go-kart and going to the race meeting for the first time. But I suppose where the passion and and willing to win, that all started pretty early as well. Like uh, I cried in my first ever race meeting because I spun out in the final and. All I wanted to do was win when I was a kid. I was almost obsessed with winning. It didn't matter if it was a, a running race or racing on the weekend. It was something that I was very determined on, and I think that's what helped me get, get me where I am today.
3: There's obviously a lot that goes on behind the scenes uh, of being a professional race car driver. There's a team involved in helping you be successful, you've amassed quite a following on social media and obviously our people that are listening to us today on the podcast auto repair shop owners they're very interested in amassing a following on social media for their business what can you share in terms of how you amass that following what is it that you put out there that's that's great that people are are really following along with
2: yeah I think the big thing with social media is obviously it's free and accessible for anyone so it can be very powerful if you play your Right and, and manage your social programs really well. So from my point of view, I don't have a manager doing it. I don't have a social media guru in my corner and telling me what I should and shouldn't do. It's just been from self-taught lessons over the years and the big thing social media constantly evolving, whether it be the rules that you're allowed to play with or how you can reach out to people with, with different platforms. So obviously trying to get them all syncing together is a big thing. But I suppose from my point of view, what I really do a lot of homework on is, is understanding what other people are doing out there and how can I try and do that if not same if not better again and it's pretty simple in some ways you know if you can work out what everyone's doing and work out what's not working for some brands and and going viral for others you can put a strategy in place and work out with with the brand that you've got and the assets that you've got to sell to um yeah try and put a platform together that you know really engages the audience so i've got some classic examples where you can put hours and hours of work into what might be a a really cool video you you know you, you put money in production and things like that and it doesn't get any reach at all or you know like the other week i was just in my race suit mowing the lawn and you know reached over fifty thousand views on facebook so it's it's you know you really got to be creative and you know not everything works there's no direct plan i suppose and that's what makes social media so unique but hey if you play cards right it can be very powerful and uh, yeah i've been very fortunate to work with some really cool brands over the years which have taught me a lot and constantly evolving to try and do it better.
3: What I take from that is do a bit of research on what might be working for others and not everything has to be serious from the sounds of things. Uh, If you're mowing the lawn in your race suit uh, and that hit (laughs) (laughs) 50,000 (laughs) accounts.
0: Want to find out how the Workshop Whisperer team can put your auto repair shop on the path to business success? Head to www.workshopwhisperer.com to claim your free workshop success session with the team. We're
3: always telling our clients and helping them to build a business where they can grow other leaders in their teams. Now, I imagine that there's times where you are not around with your team all the time but they still have to go on and you know continue to work in your business so to speak what is some advice that you can share with our listeners around how your team continues to work towards your goals while you're not physically present with them
2: yeah it's a really tough one and and the unique thing with motorsport to i suppose other brands and businesses is that we are heavily performance based so although when time's really good and you've got good results on your, on your side, the team morale goes up, everyone's getting along, everyone's back-slapping, everyone's really enjoying their time. But it's when you're in those dark, tough times when you're not getting results in, but you're still putting the effort and the hard work in. And that's the frustrating thing with motorsport in particular. You can work your backside off, but it doesn't mean you're going to guarantee to even taste success or be in the top 10. I had a whole year in 2018 where... We just come off the back from winning the championship in 2017 and then our best qualifying for the season the following year was 13th so you know that was really a tough trying year and you certainly realize how important it is to keep people in your corner i suppose on the right track yeah and it's easier said than done as you said there's a there's a lot of different strategies that a lot of different brands do but i suppose from our team at, at brad jones racing we are very close although there's about 55 people in the workshop at the moment so that's ranging from mechanics to engineers people in the fabrication and cnc side um, spray painters you name it we've, we've got all bases covered in our team so you've got a very different array of i suppose people with different mindsets and different thinking on how how they go about things so trying to get all those people to gel comes from a good leader. Um, I'm very fortunate to have a very good team boss, Brad Jones, who manages everyone very individually well. And he's always got a smile on his face. He's a very pos- positive person. He sets a good principle across the board and he's very approachable, which I think is a really important asset to have as a leader. You don't want to be afraid of you know, having a one-on-one conversation with someone. And yeah, that's something that Brad does really well, not just for me as a driver, but all the other, all the other team members that are involved in our racing program. But, um, I suppose from an individual point of view, I like to try and spend a lot of time away from racing with these with these team members, whether or not it's just catching up for a social meal after a day's work or you're having a bonfire at a, at a mate's colleague's place and just trying to invite people together. And I suppose try and build that team morale. And you don't want it to be too matey and too friend, friendly because obviously we're in a work environment. You don't want people just gossiping and talking all day amongst each other. So... That's it's, it's a hard one, but it's a, a thing that you just gotta manage and when the times are tough, you gotta probably put more emphasis on team building and how you can try and keep the team morale up, whether it's as simple as, you know, throwing a free barbecue on a Friday afternoon for the guys so they don't have to worry about work and you know, it kinda gets there you know, the stress off the off their shoulders. It's just all little things, I suppose, that can make the big difference um, in the workplace.
3: Yeah, lots of great little tips there. And I think a lot of business owners, not even just in auto repair, find it difficult to separate themselves, like from being fun time Freddy on Friday night, having social drinks and then come back come back around on Monday and have to be Dave the disciplinarian when something doesn't go according to plan. So it is really about finding that balance between having fun with your team and there still being that boundary there of it being a business relationship too. Correct.
2: Yeah. And, and I think another good thing is, you know, constant communication amongst each other for people to understand the deadlines that need to be achieved and put in place. So, you know, I look at the workplaces that I've been through in the years that Probably haven't had the, the most smoothest of of workshop progress, and that really comes down to communication. It's, if people get frustrated when they don't know deadlines, and when they don't know when parts are arriving, or things like this, and that can get on people's nerves, and it can create unnecessary anxiety across across the workshop floor so I think that's always a big thing um, we always used to try and have a toolbox meeting So something that didn't take too much time away from everyone but you'd have a toolbox meeting with a certain group of people then you go and have another toolbox meeting with the next group of people in a certain different area so as I said there's lots of ways around it but I think mm. yeah keeping you keeping your group connected and good communication will go, will go a long way.
3: Great advice. So, if I was to ask you one final question, where you could share some advice for our auto repair shop listeners around competition. Now, you've already mentioned on social media, have a bit of a look out there and see what's working and and what's not for others. But in your world, there's twenty drivers or thereabouts, and you're vying for the attention of the motorsport enthusiasts in the nation what are you actively trying to do to separate yourself so that you and your team get your piece of the pie in terms of support?
2: Yeah, look, it's a really good question. And I'm trying to think of the best way to answer this. But yeah, <laughs> I think it, you know, as particularly when you're putting a lot of focus on the individual being myself, you know, you want to be this clean, professional, well-cut racing car driver, which obviously, you know, as you can see, representing brands that are like, and they will share those same values. But also being a real person and actually putting some identity into the person of who I am. And that can, that's a, that's a fine line. We, it's, it's quite, a, it's more easy to step over that line than what it is to stay behind it, to obviously get people involved in and loving what you're doing. So sometimes, you know, doing, showing people your personal side or your personal life, a lot, some, you know, some people really love that. And then, and then sometimes that gives a, a reason for people to, I suppose, get on the bag and maybe hate me for something that you may not even think was even an issue by posting. So yeah, it's it's tricky. There's no easy way around it. And I think, yeah, it comes down to the audience and understanding what they do and don't like. And sometimes it's just as simple as asking. I've done polls over the years. You know, what content do you want to see? You know, what, you know obviously you don't want to bore people to death with the same photo, a car on a hoist or a you know, car racing around a corner and looking cool. That You know, people want to know the backstories. And I think that's where social media can be really powerful because you can you know we can simply just pick up a phone and we can do a five minute recording piece and that can that can gravitate someone's attention and people learn from it as well which is cool so yeah i think yeah don't be afraid to ask questions and and asking your followers what do you want to see what
3: what do you want to see more of
2: and and
3: obviously take that advice on board. That's fantastic advice. Maybe we can add you to the coaching team at the Workshop Whisperer because that's literally, literally sounds like a webinar I did a couple of weeks ago. So uh, great advice. So Todd, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Whispering Loudly. I'm always the envy of my clients when I uh, get to interview one of the supercar drivers. So thanks so much for uh, taking some time out to chat with us.
2: Absolute pleasure. Now, I really enjoyed the chat and feel free to give me a call anytime to talk more.
3: Well, we will do. Take you up on that. And if you are not yet a member of our free Facebook group, Your Profitable Auto Repair Shop, make sure you jump over to Facebook and request to join. In there, you'll find thousands of auto repair shop owners from all around Australia, New Zealand, the USA, Canada and the UK all in there sharing their best tips and strategies for helping to grow your auto repair shop. See you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly the award-winning Workshop Whisperer podcast, as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to Diamond sponsor Ventivid, Platinum sponsor Podium, and Titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk.